This is Shaco Art Speak. Hey, welcome to Shaco Art Speak. It's Ryan Leterio, and no, we're not on a stereo. <laughs> Leterio. And I'm here with my amazing co-host, who brought me today <laughs> Hormel Tamales beef and chili sauce because I had a rough day yesterday in so, a can. So Dr. Gareth Snack Smell <laughs> brought me a snack that smells amazing, <laughs> and a lot of people won't like it. Yeah, I mean, um, I tell you, like, uh, you grew up in Mississippi, uh, Delta Tamales are where it's at. Yeah, you're in Southern California, having a cousin of that kind of tamale, right. the yep. the real OG tamale. Yeah, and um, I love them all though. I tell you what, though, like people might might sneer at this, but uh, if I can't get back to the Mississippi Delta to get some like born and bred tamales, like. This is a this is a close fifth place. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is gonna hurt my stomach and my throat and acid reflux, but I'm gonna eat it because I love it. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, it's it's just what it's about. So anyhow, yeah, we got a, a short one for you. We're yeah. we're gonna try to do a true below thirty. <laughs> yes. Or thirty below. I think we can do it. Okay, we can do it. Yeah. So we were so we've been having these discussions, and we we have I've had some examples um, along the lines of uh, uh, artistic ideas. That maybe have a are pushing perceived boundaries, mm. um, perceived being uh, the perception of the artist looking for a place that creates a friction or an offense. Mm. Um, so possibly very graphic, very you know could be very explicit in nature, and uh, in a world where boundaries are almost uh, there as a guide for us to push, mm-hmm. so not really seen as a boundary. Like it's like boundaries aren't necessarily seen as a loving thing. Right, right. Um, in a broad-based sense, oftentimes they're seen as, oh, I need that there so I can push through it. It's like the velvet rope outside the club. 100%. And so you have, so, so you have this artist um, making pretty explicit content that could actually be, uh, you know, the kind of thing that I wouldn't let my kids look at. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so in conversation, you know, the, the, the whole, whole notion is that, well, as it becomes a more critical discourse, the notion to support the work is, well, at the end of the day, it's just self-expression and it's just my art. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so um, I want to put that out there as a topic for today as a short one. We've hit at it kind of before, but I think we got to keep hitting at that because the inherent flaw in it is the idea that if it's good or if it's uh, accepted, then it has impact. Yeah. But if it's rejected, well, uh, we don't need to reject this because it's just art, i.e. it it doesn't really do much. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the place where my, my mind goes is kind of a step back of saying like, um, you know, at a base level, like you have freedom to create whatever you want, like right. whatever, that's fine. Right. Yeah. That's, that's complete creative freedom. Right. Um, but if we use that as like the defining factor, well, the ability to make something like that's a super low bar. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like my, my kids are making stuff. Right. Right. They're, they're creating things and, and I love watching them do that. Um, but if, but if that's the defining bar for us, I think that the arts are, this is hang it up, man. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah. if it's just, I can make, so I do make, mm-hmm. then, uh, I don't feel like we have a huge valid field. Yeah. So I think it does have to push like everything else does every other field that's out there. It's got to push into a place where we really do ask more of it. Yeah. I we think have we have bigger to questions. Ask, yeah. I think it, it, it requires more of the individual and I think it requires more of us and, that may mean that we're not up to it as much as we thought we were. Yeah, and yeah. so you, you, it's like you kind of concede ground like um, maybe I'm not the one to sort of lead the charge on this. And, you know, I've had to concede ground in, in areas of my life where mm-hmm. I'm like I either deny that there's more there in order to maintain my sense of my myself 
or I can see that there's more than I can handle mm-hmm. and I'm not what I thought I was. Yeah. You know, in, in, you know, the, in regards to any number of activities or things, including the arts even, you know, like, um, and so, but I'm also willing to kind of hold myself accountable because I want, you know, at, at a minimum, I want to leave a contribution that doesn't depersonalize or mm-hmm. dehumanize someone. Yeah. You know, so like, I don't want to de I don't want to dehumanize anyone from, you know, an older person who's coming into our gallery uh, to a child mm-hmm. to my kids or your kids or somebody else, you know, or my like so that so what I'm trying to say is it sounds terribly conservative. It sounds like I'm saying that means that art is restricted. And mm-hmm. and and it and it is before you ever get to what I just said, it's restricted by the medium you choose. Yeah. It's restricted by the, the resources you have. It's restricted by your ability. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, you let's walk through. It's restricted by the canvas you paint on or the gallery you show in. Like it's nothing but restrictions. Mm-hmm. So we're not really saying that there is no restrictions because they're all over the place. They're kind of important. Um, um, but I think I just, I think the thing that like fired me up is just the idea the, the ease by which someone can slip into the notion that it's just art after spending all yeah. this time making it very specifically with really, really clear intention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like those two things are so incongruent and, and, um, it, it, okay, this is tangential, but it has a ripple effect. That spirit has a ripple effect and, and it's in all kinds of ways. It's in really, I'm feeling grouchy today about this. It's in really crappy murals. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, it's just art. It's just my intention. And then so you you paint a crappy mural and then we're forced to act like it's good and yeah. to act like it. It's like this because it sucks. It has no um, like it ain't it ain't impressing anything upon me the way like a ma- like an amazing work of art might. Right. Yeah. So because it doesn't impress upon you an effect um, that is significant, it's uh, it impresses upon you an effect that is derelict. Yep. And so what you have to do is compensate for the lack of reality in the work by sentimentalizing it. And we're all forced to play make-believe and project positive thoughts onto it. Yes. And we are culturally so good at that. We oh, do it on fantastic. Facebook. Someone says, I don't know. Like, let's say I, I got in an argument with my friend. You don't know the context. I can go to, f- and let's say I'm wrong. Let's say I'm complicit in, the, in, in what happened. I can go to Facebook and complain about it and guarantee you I can get 30 people saying, Ryan, you're great. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, you know, so that practice um, is cyclical. And I, what I would say is it's de- degenerative. It's yeah. degenerative to, to making, to being, to thinking and so on. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't. You may think that in those spaces that you're like building somebody up, but but you're not building them up toward anything. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like what's the point of a tall tower if it's not got a purpose for right. why it's so tall? Yeah. Like there's no point to build it higher. Yeah. Um, there's no prestige in that. But you know, exactly what you're talking about. Um, there there is a there was a fantastic piece of street art mm-hmm. um in Richmond by uh, an amazing international artist. Um and then an event happened in Richmond. And they covered it up with a really terrible mural. <laughs> I mean, and it, and the funny thing about it is it, it totally changes the blocks yeah. that you see it from. Mm-hmm. Like everything about like that, 
that stretch of a main road where the mural is, it now feels like somebody dropped a giant CVS into a place that had a personality before. <laughs> like it's just, it's yeah. just garbage. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that we, we have two categories for art. If we're really thinking about it, the two categories we have for our art is that it's doing good mm-hmm. or it's neutral. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. We don't think that we can make something that actually makes well, us culture, worse. Yeah. Culture likes in general, like the average kind of person, I think, in a sort of like a group mentality mindset w- likes art that's safe and tame that they yeah. can just sentimentalize because then you can, you can say it's cute like a puppy walking down the street. Right. Oh, it's so cute. And I can leave it right now. And, and it, it, either way, it's a benign experience and up, up for someone else who wants to clean the little dog's poop and, mm-hmm. and take care of it. Aren't they so cute? And yeah. I'm not them. I think we popularly, we think about art that way. And so what it does is it creates a perception that, reduces it's reductive and trivializes and then a lot of people look at that as the benchmark to ascend into Mm -hmm. and the amazing thing is that benchmark is too high for some people which means you're really not cut out to be an artist possibly Mm -hmm. that's i mean that's like the most jerk audacious thing i could probably say and i don't mean it to be jerky i I, you know what i'm saying i mean it just sounds so audacious and it's like who am i to say and it's like well who's anybody to say but someone's got to say it because well, we're, yeah. We, but I think, you know, uh, again, if we place art into the context that we would other things, you've got somebody who, um, you know, is um, a great athlete, mm-hmm. but they can't play on a team. Yeah. Right. There's a quality uh, to how much their skill can be used. Yeah. Right. So you don't consider like, oh, you got somebody who's a garbage, you know, just caustic person on a basketball team. And you can look at the history of the NBA and find those folks, right? Yep. Amazing player, but yeah. couldn't stay with a team, couldn't yep. really help anybody That's out. One of those guys. Um, you know, and it's not just sports, it's, it's anywhere else, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's this idea of like, there, there's a quality that we lend to the larger context mm-hmm. um, that actually can be hugely detrimental. Yeah. So if you continue the metaphor of like the, the NBA player, then, you know, that person, their career is going to be shortened. Yeah, typically. Their yep. efficacy in what they're doing is not going to survive. Yeah, the only way they survive is if they are such rarefied air that they're like, you know, yes. Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or LeBron mm-hmm. James, like where you're you're so rarefied in what you do that you transcend that criterion. Yeah. Um, and that is such a small percentage. Yes. It's almost certainly not any of us. Right. So then we're talking about something, you know, and even then I would venture to say that um, ideally you'd prefer them not to be that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they might actually be even more excellent. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but yeah, something about this, this linchpin, um, of sentimentalizing things that you can't deliver mm-hmm. or like, you know, your self-expression, your self-identity is enjoined to. And so somehow because it's grounded in you, that makes it defensible. Yeah. And I'm saying once you subject it to a public audience, you are undergoing the prop, like a proper, you're inviting a proper scrutinization. Mm-hmm. And that means that some of this stuff does not belong. Yeah. Like, you know, how many more um, def- like sort of like defiling or just, I mean, like give you an example, like uh, how many more, hor- how, okay, in a world where people are oppressed, murdered, killed, raped, hunted, mm-hmm. um, sold into slavery, 
um, violence, pandemic, how many more horror movies do we really need? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like you're free to do it in your self-expression, but like how many more of those do we need? Yeah. I know I sound like such an old well, piece I mean, of I crap, think, but... But I think like putting into a even a bigger context of that, like uh, as soon as graphic design kind of became a field... Um, the question started to become like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Yeah. How is this good? And the internal questions are, are very simple. Like there's, there, there's a difference even on a university campus where you go somewhere and there'll be a graphic design program and an advertising program Yeah. at a skill set, They may not be teaching different things, but if you ask people, well, you know, if you've got the guy over here designing books mm-hmm. and the person over here designing an ad for, you know, major worldwide international corporation incorporated. Yep they're going to tell you a value difference. Mm-hmm. It's there. Yeah. Like that's a, that's an intrinsic part of that conversation. Right. There's something different in the minds of most people and how those artistic skills are used mm-hmm. and whether one is okay in terms of flourishing a society and generating more things mm-hmm. or if one is a little bit detrimental Yeah. and hollow. Yeah. And so I, I think the big idea is that we're not, I, you know, it's like it's, it's trajectory. So mm-hmm. it's not to say that there's not levels. Oh degrees. yeah, Totally. Because I think there's amazing advertising yeah. that has been severely artistic sure. and super helpful. Yeah, but there is there are degrees, and there can be an admixture. You know, you could have some things that are done done well to, to certain extents, and then there's aspects of it that are really uh, input in, impotent, or um, or the you know, or it's like the medium gets confused for the message. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they miss the mark in a way where. Um, the effects that it has on someone are de- actually detrimental. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for instance, um, I think you wouldn't, well, you wouldn't want to ever assume that art is neutral. Yeah. No. Because by doing so, you're saying the value and in interpretation squarely rests on the interpreter. Mm-hmm. And so it creates an, an hierarchy around what gives one person authority over another. Um, and I know in an into, like in a kind of intellectual back and forth, people will say, well, everybody's just free to have their opinion. Well, we see that nobody believes that mm-hmm. because we're polarized fighting over a whose opinion is correct with an appeal to ultimate reality. Yeah. I mean, even, sh- even the positing of an opinion yeah. pushes against the idea of neutrality. That's right. Yeah. So, like so if it's neutral, yeah. I shouldn't have an opinion. It shouldn't have an opinion. There should, it should elicit a response. Right. It should be neutral. And so we have to, we have to throw that out. And then the other thing I think then is is um, um, if you can only make specific like I think there's a okay so here's the thing in one direction and I think a lot of artists struggle with this I struggled with it myself and I struggle in the other direction now it is easier to make explicit things specific oh yeah than it is to make um, specific things that drive society forward mm-hmm. and actually seek to build up without the fear of falling into becoming Thomas Kincaid. Oh yeah. Or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Bob Ross or right. So that is harder to obtain to than to go downstream and just make more like exceedingly sexualized work or, you know, think about how much music and music videos are just so sexualized mm-hmm. that it's like really how, like at some point, how hard is it to do that? Yeah. You can be talented you can have immense ability, not taking that away, but you're working downstream in towards a direction. It's like, how many songs, how many videos do I need to see of people 
you know, doing X, Y, and Z before you're, there's a saturation point. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not saying no one's free to do it. What I'm saying is at what point do we kind of go like, what about like some stuff that actually isn't this, you know, like what yeah. would that be? And I think that's a discussion I desperately want to have with some weighty thinkers mm-hmm. um, where we, we, we say, I'm, I'm willing to seem a lot less significant as an artist in order to try to move in the direction of some things that have enduring, meaningful towards the ends of flourishing or humanizing society, bringing wholeness, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But in a serious way, not in a sentimental mural kind of way. Oh, yeah. Right? So like the ditch of, well, because I said that's what it is, it's going to compensate for what it doesn't do. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we're not talking Hallmark. Right. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like there has to be grit and tooth and like weightiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, we've tried, to, I've tried to do that. I mean, that's like what I'm trying to do. And I will tell you, it's harder. Like my work is not as, um, you know, when I, when I've made things in the past where I was working with different categories, it was just, it was easier to get something more together. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've tried to orient myself towards these things, it's actually much harder and it exposes the limitations of my abilities that I am not the best artist. Um, I'm not um, as good as I would have liked to have been, or, or and I'm not done making, right? Um, but it also then puts me into a relief position of, I have better eyes to see the ones that are, I'm like, that person historically is very, very incredible. I mean, like yeah. my, so my, my lens is different on the history of art, and I have more respect and admiration for the people that I think actually push the envelope in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the way that I think is, is, is best or whatever. Um, now I'm not done, you know, I'm still trying to do it, but I'm okay with the fact that I'm not the LeBron James of art making, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, yeah. I'm good with that. Like I'm, I'm, I might not even be in the NBA. I don't know. Um, well, I think, you know, another side of that though is, um, kind of hemming yourself into like these understandings about art, which, which is, I think is a, maybe an overarching topic throughout a lot of our conversations. Mm-hmm. Like they, they also become very limiting. And I think that, you know, maybe some of that, uh, uncomfortable space that we occupy when mm-hmm. we push into these things may just be the fact that the the boundaries aren't as strict yeah. in some ways. And yep. so that, that broader freedom, um, sometimes can be debilitating. Totally. Um, totally. and I, you know, I think I felt this a lot, you know, you come out of like any design program that has, you know, professors that were going to school in the sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. like you're going to have a, a specific milieu that you are learning in. Um, with a specific kind of stylistic preference. Yep. Um, and so I think coming out of uh, grad school, um, one of the things I had a hard time with, um, and I still struggle with this, is that design can look different ways than like the foundations of how I was kind of taught. Yeah. Um, yeah Cause yeah. I want things to be pretty structured, pretty rigid. I want things to adhere to like, you know, classical grids and things like that. But what I found is that uh, with that period of uncomfortability where I was pushing into things that were maybe more idea-based instead of feeling or kind of a, 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 a jump-off visceral experience um, or a stylistic assumption, mm-hmm. when I pushed into those other places, like it was, there were a few years there where I felt like I couldn't make anything. Right. Where I was just like, I don't, That's I don't know how to do this anymore. Yeah. And was I ever good at this? Right. I mean, there's in a sense a bit of an identity crisis because what I was doing was just appealing to base level 
visual stimulus. Right, right. And once I had to push past that, it became really hard. But now, you know, it's something that, um, you know, in the last few months, we've worked on a, a few different things and some stuff com- coming together where um, I can pop something out that I'm really happy with. Yeah. That looks nothing like I ever would have made in school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think it's because of that freedom. You're, yeah, you're free. You're freed up in the in the in the way that you need to be, mm-hmm. which means then the constraints are seen as is a good thing, not a bad thing. So it's it's freedom found in the the proper place, if you yeah. will. Um, and and because uh, I would say I have the same thing. So what I have is a freedom to delight in the level that I'm able to work. Yeah. And so I do things that I'm more free to do. The irony is I had the impulse to do them before, but I never I never had the freedom. So I'm like, I wish I could just do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to say it as a young painter. You know, I feel like I got to make these grand all the time things. And, and, but then part of it's like, secretly, I just want to make this thing like right here. Yeah. I just want to make these little stripes and something about those are like, they're, you know, in the most unintellectual way are just cool. And like to make something cool, you know, <laughs> is not ex- acceptable, but, 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 um, cool is a shorthand way of saying, uh, there's something there that accords or squares with reality and it squares with me mm-hmm. and in such a way that um, I, I'm a elic- it elicits in me a huh or a whoa or a yeah like because you're seeing you're, you're you're standing before an accessible thing that's come together in front of your eyes and I think what that speaks to is the way the world is per- is perpetually able to come together mm-hmm. which is another way of saying that it's not together and so that's what I mean when I say humanizing or dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. As things work towards coming together, you are humanized further into the fact that the world is whole and not part. Mm-hmm. When it dehumanizes, it breaks you down into confusion. So you don't have a huh towards the ends of it coming together. You have a uh, I don't know, towards the ends of it falling apart. And so when works do that, even when they're small, the value of the aha or the ah, in that sense, um, is immensely valuable mm-hmm. because it, it, it activates your perceptual um, appetite to continue to see that happen. Mm-hmm. And as that happens, you are more whole in a sense, yeah. in, a, in a certain sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, but also your posture is more expectant of that, which means you're better able to receive others that are expecting the same thing. And isn't that kind of what we're fighting about right now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you know, when a meal comes together, you do that. You go, mm. Yeah. But when it when it's not, you're like, ugh. And then you start to <laughs> critically analyze it. What went wrong? Right? Like, mm-hmm. and then before you know it, you're debating over intention. And before you know it, you're maybe arguing at the at the, the, the table with the cook or your your spouse or your friend. Or you're just swallowing it down, going, They meant it, therefore it must be good. Mm-hmm. How many meals have you ate because <laughs> someone meant it? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, Well, it must be good, but you're like, I know this is off. Mm-hmm. You, does that make sense? Like, yes. I mean, so I think that that's the heart of what, I don't know. I feel like, you know, this is a short one we're doing, but I feel like that's something I'd love to revisit at some point. But the big idea to me is it's not neutral. Mm-hmm. It ha- it's directional. Right. And it, the, the arts move us in a direction that accords with the reality we find ourselves in mm-hmm. and furthers the coming together of things. Yeah. Coming together doesn't mean shallow, shallowing our experience of it right, coming right. together actually deepens our experience and facilitates uh, further inquiry into that which is um, exceedingly beyond our grasp, exceedingly beyond our grasp, and yet in in uh, moments graspable. 
mm-hmm. the paradox of that. Um, the what I would say is perpetual states of confusion um, that then drive us further into shock value, so that we are shocked into further confusion and sort of maybe even like base level desires. That perpetuation is what I would say is dehumanizing. Mm. And so at some point you get so pushed down the chain of dehumanization that all you can do is deny it and flip it on its head and acquire a taste for it. Now I've acquired a taste for this, mm-hmm. for this level of dissonance, this level of uh, despair, this level of um, anger, mm-hmm. you know, uh, this level of disunity. Like I have acquired the taste for that. Yeah. I have bad taste. I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it is, but you know, I think one thing that uh, is added to it is um, the more I was kind of in that space where I was just appealing to trend, uh, kind of visual um, acceptance, uh, you know, non-critical discourse that mm-hmm. just said, "Oh, it's great. I like it. It's good," or "Oh, that really interests me," or "I think that's exciting." The more I was in that, the more I became discontent with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, at a point where I told somebody uh, a few months ago, I was like, yeah, I was at a place where I was like, I don't ever want to design anything again in my life. Yeah. Um, but the the freedom actually is, has allowed me to make things that, uh, like you're saying, are, are enjoying people, they're starting conversations, they're generating something, mm-hmm. they're a part of that. Um, but also in a place where I actually enjoy the work. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm again enjoying what I do, mm-hmm. um, which did not happen for a long time. It yeah. was a begrudging, like, oh well, this is the thing I studied. Yep. I guess yeah, I got to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely like a renewing. Like your mind gets renewed. Mm-hmm. You're, you kind of have a, a renewed orientation towards things, and it, it comes from sort of that collective experience of seeing what 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 could actually happen, what can be there, in contrast to the way in which it's failed us at the expense of our extreme effort and exertion. You know, yeah. and that's. That's some people's lifetime, you know, uh, living in that one one directional approach. That's why some great artists have ended their lives in despair, even though they made what we thought was great art. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating, man. There's, you can't you can't um, you know wrap a, a or paint it with a broad brushstroke. There's a mm-hmm. lot there to, to think about, like how in the world that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Um, I think this is it, man. I think we're at below 30. I think yeah. we're right there. Yeah, I think uh, the last thing I just want to end up with is just kind of pose a question to everybody out there listening, which is, uh, you know, I would just say, have you had experience with the stuff we're talking about? Yeah. Like, uh, are there ways that you found a uh, good movement forward or kind of get out of those doldrums or to get into a place where you were asking more of yourself and your work? Yeah, yeah. Do you, I, do I'm you th- interested. Yeah, do you, have, do you have areas where you default to arts neutral, therefore, yeah. and miss out on a better discussion about how to improve your work and mm-hmm. get it to have the, uh, to meet intentions that are meaningful. Yeah. Do you default to uh, easy tropes mm-hmm. um, because you want to make, but you don't know what to do. And so you, you find yourself just doing things that you know will get shock value. Um, and I'm not saying shock value is always bad. I'm just saying it's just easy. Yeah. Oftentimes it's very easy, but it's also dangerous because at some point the shock value has to escalate. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other discussion. The other thing is we, October 2nd have two, uh, shows happening. Yes. Um, we have the Apocalypse and, and the Four Horsemen opening October 2nd with uh, James L. Williams, um, Chino Amobi, 
Curtis Newkirk Jr. and Josh Williams. And yeah. so four person exhibition. And then what's we, our what's our other one? We've also across the street in the studios, we've got Amina Palmer, who's going to be uh, showing uh, a solo exhibition of her work, which is called From One Thing to Another to Another. Um, fantastic photographic work yeah, with a person artists. who is uh, exploring her making in some yeah. amazing ways. Yeah. So check out our website. Uh, and uh, we're really excited about our recent promotion video. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing it. It's a collaborative little piece that I think is one of the best um, promotion pieces we've done. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it's 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 really kind of talking a lot about the stuff we're dealing with yeah. today, which is, you know, you got a lot of folks pushing towards something, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just wanting to exist on that surface. Yep. Um, so it's pushing towards, uh, you know, something very collective and generative, which is fantastic. So yeah, check us out on shockoartspace.com. Yep. Um, you know, follow us on Instagram, same thing. Be on thing. the lookout for the builder coming to you. We're trying to get it out there to different places. So um, yeah, yep. so continue to, um, we just had it, uh, in a film festival this last week. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the week before that as well. So yeah, do check it out. Builder, builderfilm.com mm-hmm. and, uh, check us out on Patreon and yep. Super thankful for y'all. Yeah. Thanks to your fantastic audience. We'll check you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco art speak, a production of Shaco art space. We are an independent nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life, an historic Shaco